microphone check. Check, check, check. This is the Super Coin Brothers Podcast. Hosted by the Super Coin Brothers at Sahara Coins in Las Vegas. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. This is episode nine of the Super Coin Bros podcast. Um, this is Raymond Bullish Bryant with Adrian Nunbetta Chacon. And uh, we actually have uh, a guy that we all know here. Uh, it's Mason Amos. Uh, he was actually the old manager of the store here. The guy knows a lot of stuff. So um, we wanted to sit down, talk with him, kind of get some info and some insight from him uh, for you people that may just be starting out or maybe even some of the advanced guys. So uh, what's going on, Mason? Not too much, guys. Nice yeah, to man. see you again. Yeah. yeah, we haven't seen you in a little while. You stopped by, check out some of the coins. You definitely um, had more fun when I was uh, bossing you guys around. I like that part. <laughs> yeah, we bet you did. We bet you did. So, uh, no, man, um, you know, we want to bring you and ask you a couple questions because we have a lot of people that are listening that may just be starting or haven't even started collecting. Um, sure. Yeah. And I know you've told me your story before of how you started, but it's a pretty good one. I mean, most people don't start that way. I mean, how did you get started? Actually, it was my grandfather intervened a little bit without knowing it. When I was uh, growing up, my mom was a single mom, and uh, during the summers, to give her a little break, uh, my grandparents would take us kids off of her hands, and they had a nice, uh, about a two-acre lot, and they had the whole thing, the grape, the grape orchards, the apricot trees, pecan trees, wood pile. There was plenty to do around there, so my grandpa put us to work, and uh, if we put an honest day in, he would throw a, a silver half dollar your way, whether it was a Walker or a Franklin half dollars. But to this day, the Franklin half dollar has a special meaning, and that's pretty much what got me going on it. So you got a choice to become a coin collector or a farmer, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I stuck with the coins. That I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be uh, more lucrative. Yeah. But <laughs> so, yeah, he was, he was the one that planted the seed. It just kind of stuck, you know, it caught my interest, uh, and I was always like a history buff growing up, so. No, that's awesome. That's, that's great. So... So I know you like the half dollars, um, but I know you you actually there's something you like that you get a lot of that um, that I really like um, tone Morgan dollars. Now toning some people are really turned off by the toning on coins. I personally love toned coins. Where do you stand with toning? Because I see part of your collection. Well, uh, the the nice thing about toning uh, is when they tone out with the bright vivid colors, it, it enhances uh, the value in the coin market because of the appeal of the. You got the old meets the new kind of whatever. Over over time, it, it develops uh, by sitting in the carbon, and the atmosphere and the contact with the you know whatever holder it was in or how it was ever laying for periods of years or in an old bag of Morgan dollars something like that. Um, sometimes they'll tone out with like kind of browns and grays and you know right. kind of uh, you know dark dark colors that aren't really attractive. But you know the nice ones, the ones that everybody goes over, are the ones with the eye appeal, the nice vivid rainbow color they call it. And when you get that, and you get the surface quality to match it, the combination, the the high grade and then the beautiful toning, yeah, that's the that's the uh, the creme de la creme, so to speak, in the coin market. Isn't that the truth? Um, I know. I recently sat down with Adrian, and he talked to me a little bit about toning. Artificial toning is a big, big thing when it comes to dollars because of, like you said, toning, it does draw a premium. It draws more people in. One of the things that I had mentioned that I look for, I look for that hard, harsh line between the two colors. Are there any other tips that you would have for people trying to pick off an artificially toned coin? I would always recommend if someone's really interested in coins because it is definitely something you have to deal with. They have uh, the A&A teaches courses on recognizing what's artificial and what's not. 
but it does take a trained eye. It's not something, right. you know, I could show five coins and somebody that's just starting out wouldn't, wouldn't understand it. It's really something that you have to get a feel for. But they do do that, and you do have to be cognizant of that. That's another nice thing about the third-party graded coins is you, they've already, look, you know, you had trained eyes that have looked at the coins. They've evaluated it to be, you know, they'll either put it in a genuine holder and call it artificially toned. Or they'll say, you know, that it's, they'll put assign a grade, and then you know that it's the toning is actually real. So I'll tell you, those artificially toned holders that come back to say genuine, to me, that's better than it used to be when they come back in a in a plastic flip and just nope, you don't get anything. They call it a body bag. Exactly for a reason. Yes, you know, you're exactly. you're, you're, your money, you're out your dead. money, you're out everything. Exactly, <laughs> so. that's the truth. Now. Uh, something that I know you concentrated on heavily when you were here, and we kind of absorbed that, and we use it too now with our customers, is that um, you know you had always mentioned to tell the customer, don't just settle for a coin because it looks pretty. I mean, what's your outlook on on what to buy? I mean, what what should the customer get into that's going to help them in the long run? Yeah, I had this conversation with several people, customers that would come in, they got to know me over time, and they'd always ask me what my opinion was. What if they, you know, if they had a you know, 20000 or 5000 whatever the, the limit was, they'd say, like, what should I invest my money in? And I would tell them, kind of like what we touched on before, you can't go wrong with rarity and quality. Now, that uh, uh, rainbow toning thing, that comes into play. You get a very unique pattern of toning with, you know, a lot of appeal. That's something you're not going to go into a show and find in any particular case. It's going to be, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb because there's not that many of them. Those are the kind of things you look for. And those are the ones that increase in value. If... Uh, you know, if you are into coins, you would know what I was talking about here. You would go to some of the auction sites and look at some of the the the, the hammer prices that the coins have actually gone for certain dates, and you know match it up. But you can see that the high grade ones are the ones that actually continue to rise in value, right? Rather than sitting stagnant. I know we've seen a lot of coins that you know middle of the road stuff that it, it sells a lot. They're real active, but they don't they don't gain any value yeah there's nothing wrong with that just when you're starting out you know you need affordable coins and that can you know if you're if your kid is is you're just trying to start him in, into like a penny collection or something to see if his interest takes from there you know the uh the state quarters yes. that was a nice thing for the coin market because all those kids that were putting those quarters in each time each time they come out with the, with the new one those a lot of those kids are probably coin collectors now that are working and have money, you know. So and that are trying to buy things other than state yeah, exactly. Quarters, appeal, know. You know, and then it kind of separate. You know, it plants a seed, just like I was telling you about how I got started. So now we, I know another thing that I, I do try to tell just a lot remember of this: just starting rarity and quality. You can't yes. go wrong with that. Everybody wants that. The top dogs. That's what they're looking for, and that's where the money is. Well, and in another reason, you think about that. You're you're basically saying yeah, rarity. It's one market. And you have quality in other markets. So you're going to have maybe one guy who's not worried about the rarity, but he sees how beautiful that coin is. Now you have two guys fighting over it. And what do they, what is, what do they say? Something like a coin will go as high as two guys want it to go or, or some saying basically there. It's exactly I mean, right, it's, yeah. it's uh, one of the things you and I were talking about a few minutes ago was it's just really it sometimes becomes just a bragging contest of, hey, I've got the money to buy this coin, and, and it's beautiful, and I want it, and you can't. I call it something, dare I say, pissing contest? Are you allowed to say Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that pretty is, much what it that's is. That's the truth. And <laughs> we've seen it firsthand in this yeah. store before. I mean, it, it does happen. People people will, will spend outlandish money if it has the eye appeal. Yeah, it's um, no difference than the art market or anything else. You know, the, the, the guys with the money, they're the ones that push the prices up because they want the best of the best. And he who has the gold makes the rules. The, yeah, it works the same way with coins, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, kind of switching gears back away from numismatics for just a second. The bullion market in the market in the last two weeks has been 
I don't know if you want to call it horrible. If you're on the buying side, it's not horrible. It's absolutely amazing. But what are you seeing? I mean, are you seeing any any direction? What's your what's your thought on on the bullion market and what people should be looking for and and what do you think is going to happen? I I think that it's it's a great market for buying. I just I don't see how you can go wrong long term. There's just there's too many things that are going on in the world that uh, you know could affect it on a day to day basis. You know, right now the stock market's pretty high. That always pushes silver down because the value of the dollar is up. That right. kind of thing. But you know that's just th- those things run in cycles, and you've already seen what the uh, what the stock market can do if things go the yeah. other direction. Unfortunately, so Isn't that the hopefully you don't face that. But at the same time, you always I learned a long time ago you have to diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But every portfolio should have precious metals in it, just in case. Yeah, I think I think you're you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, definitely. Um, one of the things I know Adrian and I have there's a guy named Kent. You uh, you've never met Kent, but. Uh, we actually talked with him the other day, and this guy knew nothing about coins. Started coming into the store um, as one of the guys that does our videos that we do online. Um, he got interest in silver, and since just here in Las Vegas, has been searching bank rolls uh, of half dollars for about four and a half months now. In four and a half months, he's found ninety-four dollars face value from the bank in bank rolls. Now, I know you and I—we've—you've been in the store, you go to shows, you do things like that. For somebody who maybe just wants to find some silver, I mean, are there other ways that you, you know of that they can get silver? Other, Obviously, they can walk into the store and buy it, but what are some other avenues for silver and gold? Well, let me t- touch on what you just said. It's funny, when I was you mentioned when I was growing up or whatever, how did I get involved in coins? I used to take my, I used to save my allowance. I was a much better saver then than I am now, unfortunately, but uh, I would say might just do exactly what that guy was your your friend uh, was doing. I'd go down and I'd save you know fifty dollars. I'd go down to the bank. My mom would buy a bag of half dollars. I'd go through it, search it, pull out the forty percenters, which are, are nineteen. For those that don't know, nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy were all forty percent. The uh, however the 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 nineteen seventies rarely found because those were in mint sets only. They they didn't distribute those for distribution. Right, but sixty-four is, of course, the good one because it's ninety percent silver. And occasionally, I find Franklin halves and and Walking Liberty halves. But you know that that is a you know it's an interesting way. It's a fun way. It doesn't cost you anything. It's it free you money, time. technically. Yeah. And just like yeah, that's that's certainly uh, one way to do it. But you know, the, I I feel the best way to do it is to to invest in the silver eagles. That's to me is the best way to invest in silver. Same thing with gold eagles. You know, buy American. The uh, the way that they handle when you buy them back is 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 very user friendly as well. So, yeah, that's you know we we kind of touched on that too. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, ease of liquidation is yeah. key. Um, I know you saw a lot of stuff when you were here. People bring in things that were just off the wall, and it, it, it makes it for it makes it hard. So, silver eagles. That's one thing that I know is a good thing to get into. It's easy to liquidate. Uh, what other types of things would you recommend for somebody that wants to be able to come and go easily and not have to deal with which with much headache? To get that is things? actually the simplest. You know, you know, people sometimes. I, I, I'm sure you guys still deal with it when they bring in their sterling silver and things do have value. But the nice, cleanest, uh, you know, most effective way to invest and to, to turn around and sell is is uh, you know in in form of silver ounces or whether it's a one ounce or five ounce hundred ounce bars, but I personally would recommend the silver eagles. Now the other thing they, they have a they, little collective they have a little collectability as well. On absolutely, top great looking. You know, it's it's a little fun. They're common, but at the same time, it's certainly. But they're nice. Yeah, it's it, got that. I've heard that to like a little about. bar of silver. You know, it's right. to me it's, it has a little bit more appeal. So now the other thing you mentioned that we're going to actually talk in depth about is how you saved your allowance to go buy these coins. Now, 
I talked uh, originally once about how I used to go, I'd do the lemonade stand thing. I'd go blow it on stuff. Um, and one of the things we do want to dig into is how even, let's say, 20 years ago, if you were saving your $5 that you made and you went and bought $5 in silver 20 years ago and you did it every time you got that money, where would your money be now? I mean, really, like you said, you did it when you were younger. You probably ran across coins then that it would be worth tons of money now. Yeah. And, and so one of the things we're going to start talking about is, you know, how to, how to put money into silver over time, basically dollar average. And then, you know, as you get older and you keep moving through it, you'll make money on your investments. Now, uh, I, I, I forget the exact date. I mean, but like 1972, 1973, vaguely, uh, if I remember right, in checking the records, I remember looking this up at some point. Uh, I think gold was like 60 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and nobody in a million years thought that gold was going to be, uh, you know, over $1,000 an ounce. But, I mean, I, I have people come in here and, uh, you know, a guy ha had a bunch of Krugerrands. And he would just, every time he needed a little cash or whatever, he'd bring in a Kruger in. And then he finally, you know, I'd see him so often, he finally just told me the story. He says, you know, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I bought these, you know, back in the 70s when they were next to nothing. And, you know, that's what you pretty much have. That's the best way to play it is to buy it and forget about it. Just, right. you know, don't, when it goes up a little, don't be in a big hurry to go and sell it. And then when it goes down a little bit, buy some more. You know? Well, that's what we try to tell people is bullion especially and numismatics too. They're long-term investments. They're not something you want to come in and buy for the pure, you know, your pure mindset is, hey, I'm going to be back in three weeks to sell it. Yeah. Most likely you're not going to do so well with that. Um, well, just like that gentleman I was telling you about, you know, he, he was patient and it took care of itself when it got over to $1,000. Now, he could have cashed in at $200 and, right. and, and, you know, been very happy, but, you know, he... Now, you can attest to this, too. How many times do we get, would get people to walk in here, they'd look at the price of gold and go, oh, it's $1,100. No way would I spend $1,100 on an ounce of gold. I remember when it was $300. Now, I think about that. It, it, to me, it's like an oxymoron. It's like jumbo shrimp in a sense. You're, you're telling yourself you saw gold at $300. You wouldn't buy that it really then. That means nothing. Yeah. And now it's at 11 It's a different day, and exactly. you have to deal with everything that's going on at the time. So. Right. And, and you know, having that mindset that, oh, well, I'll wait till it's lower. It hasn't really gone below. It hasn't gone below a thousand dollars in in years now. I mean, I to me, I think bullion good thing to get into. And then from there, if you're doing the normal motion, it's safe. It's safe too because you don't really need to know a lot. You can right. look in the paper. You can make a phone call to Sahara Coins and you know check out their quote line. Right. Uh, and if you had any questions above that, I know you guys are always helpful too. So right, we try to help people out as much as possible. And then kind of like you know, like you now, you're into numismatics. I mean, you do a lot. And obviously, you're very knowledgeable with that stuff. Um, it's just the path you follow. I mean, you get into that, and like you said, diversity is key. So getting some of those numismatics and nicer coins, it's all going to equal out in the end and hopefully make these people some money. Yep, that's the idea. Just like investing in stocks or anything else. Yeah, it moves all the time, but, you know, we all obviously... You're a little bit more controlled because, like, when you buy something, obviously uh, a little knowledge goes a long way. A long so it way. Never, yeah, it never hurts to, to you know, like same thing before you invest into a stock. You just buy a stock because you like the name or somebody right. told you it was a good, you know. I yeah, mean, how right. many people invested in the company that made the Furby and they didn't make <laughs> yeah, out very well? Exactly. But no, man, we appreciate you sitting down with us and, and talking sure, with no us. no problem at all. And I'm sure there's going to be people asking questions, you know, due to this uh, this podcast. So we may bring you back in and answer more questions if you're okay with you that. Got it. No problem and, at all. And um, if they want to call in and leave us messages to answer anything, they can call toll-free 1-866-742-1164 or email us at supercoinbrothers at saharacoins.net. So, again, we appreciate it, Mason, and we will talk to you soon. All right. You got it, right?